today on The Breakdown. There's three left in the 2017 World Series of Poker main event, and Scott Blumstein has a huge chip lead. But he is going to get into a conundrum of a hand against Ben Pollock. We're going to take it all apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Conundrum of a hand. Pretty good, right? Yeah. I feel good about that one. The title of the new Wes Anderson movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Wes Anderson, why do you do the things you do? If if there's a Wes Anderson poker movie, it'd be like the capitulating conundrum of (laughs) Jennifer Jarnaby. It would mostly be about like people, you know, I don't even know, like picking out like card protectors and things, right? Yeah. And then you could see the price and like you get a little visual of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Why do you do the things that you do, Wes Anderson? Yeah. Why are you the way that you are? It might are? be an unpopular opinion, but we don't like Wes Anderson. He's bad at the movie making, okay? <laughs> I said it. I said it out loud. Yeah. I like I like the first one. The first one? Yeah. Bottle Rocket? Is no, that... the second one. Okay. The one with the kid, Jonathan Silverman. Doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever Rushmore. that one's called. Yeah, Rushmore. That Rushmore. was pretty good. His name is not Jonathan Silverman, I don't think. Who cares? You made me forget his name now. But no one cares. Nobody cares. Okay. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, we're talking about the 2017 main event, this which just happened. Yeah, um, you'll be hearing this about a week after the main yeah. event concluded, but this, you know, still fresh in mind. I'm sure many of you watched every single hour of that. We certainly did. We did. Although you we, actually gave up with four hands to go. I was tired and I was bored, so I went home. It was boring watching. You were watching. like, "I'm going to bed." I was like, All right, "I'll go home," and I got home and it was over. <laughs> I was. It was boring watching Ot get bludgeoned. Like it was like 99 percent Blumstein was going to win. It was brutal. Yeah. But we're talking about when they were three-handed and Benjamin Pollock was still in. Yeah. Uh, and he he would have had a chance heads up against Blumstein, I think. I mean, he would have had more of a chance than Dan Ott. I yeah. feel very strongly that I can say that. Right. So this hand, I don't know if he messed it up or not. We're going to have to figure that out. Yeah, let's talk about it. Right. So obviously the stakes are huge at this point because what third place is what, 3.5 million? That's right. And second place is 4.7. And first place and first, is 8.1. So, yeah, everything is super magnified here. I mean, we have, we've locked up a lot of money, and it's sweet, but man, oh, man. Like you can do more than double what you've already locked up, for, and it took nine days to get there right now. Like, you can do it very quickly. It's, right. it's a big deal. Yep, and uh, now all we have left now is poker because John Hesp is eliminated, so we don't have colorful character talking stuff. Who wants to see the hand? Yeah. Who wants to see it? <laughs> That's, that's my perf- John Hess. That's a perfect British accent. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. Yeah, I've, I've been working on that in the mirror. I mean, even after you said the things you said again about Wes Anderson, which I think you really shouldn't have said. No. Not on a podcast. Of I course mean, that not. Was, you, it was a bridge too far, for <laughs> sure. But even after that, now that you've done that British accent, I think he would cast you. I think he would cast you You'd in have to cast next me. movie about, like... British twins who were born in the 1800s and and love trinkets. Why do you look like me? Why do you look like me? <laughs> like that? Yeah. Killing it. Yeah. Is that yeah. my? Is that my? Is that my, my compass and my protractor? <laughs> and then we get a nice little view of the compass and the protractor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it would go. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about poker. Let's okay. get to the hand. Um. So obviously, a ton's on the line here, and this is going to end up blind versus blind because. Ott is going to fold the button. It's uh, 1 million, 2 million with a 300K ante. Yep. Uh, Bloomstein is in the small blind. He's got 227 million. Pollock's in the big blind with 53 million. And notably, uh, Dan Ott's got 80 million. So right. if we're thinking about ICM stuff, Dan Ott is second in chips, and Pollock's the one who's got to chip up if anyone does. Yes, that's correct, uh, which is kind of an incredible spot for Blumstein here. And 
he decides to limp the small blind with Queen of Hearts, Eight of Spades. I don't know. Should he be raising all small to big because of the situation? Because he can put so much pressure on Pollock? Um, I think he probably should. But it's okay not to. It's okay not to. But I think he probably should be. I think he should be putting maximum pressure on these guys. He put a reasonable amount of pressure on them. Whoever yeah. he could exercise ICM pressure against, which was mostly Dan Ott. Most of the time, it seemed like someone else had a short stack, and because he had pr- uh, yeah. position on Ott, he would just three bet him or raise him a lot, and that's where his big bluff was was against Ott as well. And, right. I mean, I understand that. That makes a lot of sense. But this is a spot where Pollock has enough. He's got what twenty eight blinds or something like that. Yeah, almost twenty eight blinds. That, I mean, he's just gonna have to fold a huge amount of his range, right? Right. It's such a weird spot for him. And uh, the thing about Dan Ott, like you said, he always had one of like the middle stacks for almost the entire final table. Yeah. So he was one of the easiest guys to pick on. No doubt. Because people, you know, looked him up, knew that his biggest score was $2,600 before this. So he's going to be money scared. And on top of that, he's got short stacks that he's trying to wait out. So he was constantly getting three bet by the bigger stacks because they're like, what are you going to do? You have a middle stack and there's short stacks right there. What are you going to do, Dan Ott? Obviously, yeah. it worked out spectacularly well for him yes. in the end, financially. Worked out pretty great 4.7 million dollars yeah no not bad for Dan but Ott. he just kept getting three bet yes um but i think blumstein should apply that strategy here against pollock who pollock probably thinks he's the best of the three players remaining right i would, I assume, would, I would guess he does yeah and he definitely thinks he's better than dan ott everyone would so think part that. of even though he has fewer chips than ott he's probably trying to wait Ott out a little bit let ott make a big mistake yeah. which Ott has shown we've will since see you know as the final table continues he is very capable of making a very big mistake um, I will say this, um, stack sizes may make it a little bit harder for Blumstein to open if he 3Xs this. It's not crazy for Pollock to just move in with a lot of hands. 28 blinds? It's a lot, but he might just move in a lot, you know? Just be he like, meh, I'm just going to move in. What are you going to do? I know you're opening a lot. I'm just going to... And so as a way to does mitigate that, does all that... Does that happen as often as he just wins the pot, though? I mean, I don't know. Maybe not. Um, the pot is rich enough that we don't have to... As long as we have it, our raise is successful, you know, two-thirds of the time or 60% of the time is probably fine, right? Yeah. So I think I like a raise, but I but maybe that was part of it, and and yeah. you know Blumstein. I mean I think Blumstein should have been putting maximum pressure on these guys all the way through McKeehan style. Yeah, like it honestly, it would be fine with me if in this spot like Ott folds for Blumstein just to be like I'm all in and just like I shove 27 blinds. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, like, I mean that, that might that's probably. I mean if you put that through some sort of calculator, I'm sure that's plus EV in in this spot. I mean because it's just so hard to call. Like let's say you look down at a seven. You may find a call, but you're not going to like it at all. It's going to be really hard to call when you've got 27 blinds. You can find a better yeah. spot. Yeah. Like what? You're just not very far ahead very often with a seven, right? Right. So like, is it really? I understand the 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 chip EV thing says, of course, you call here. But in terms of the ICM stuff, especially when Danot is clearly worse than you are, clearly. Yeah. You're just supposed to fold like most of your hands. Well. So I I, I don't know if it's such a bad play for Blumstein. Just be like. Call if you want. I don't care. Well, we didn't get to find out how that would have played out because yeah. instead Blumstein decided to limp with the Queen 8 offsuit, Queen Correct. of Hearts, 8 of Spades. Pollock makes an interesting decision here. He's got $53 million. He's in the big blind with Ace of Hearts, 4 of Diamonds. A, a hand ahead of Blumstein's range for sure. For sure. But at the same time, a very vulnerable hand. It doesn't flop well that often. It you'd, doesn't. You'd expect a raise. You'd expect him to raise for sure. Uh, Blumstein wasn't doing a lot of limpery raising that we ever saw from the small no. blind. Uh, until he got heads up with Ott later. And that was a different kind of a situation anyway, I think. So I'm sure Blumstein, if he's limping a lot of hands, does have a limpery raising range. But 
I don't know. I think it's fine to raise this, but it's not so bad to check it either for deception once in a while. I right. think both are fine. The val- so the value of raising is obviously we have the best hand a lot of the time, and we get to protect our hand. Yes. And, uh, you know, sometimes we can flop pretty well. We've, we flop top pair with an ace. That's usually pretty good. That is pretty good. And yeah. we get more value when we flop top pair. Right. Um, and we block aces, so it's less likely that Blomstein has a limpy raising hand. Right. So those things are all good. The good things about checking, uh, number one is, you already said it, is deception, right? Like, yeah. if an ace comes on the board, Blumstein's not going to give us that in our range too frequently. It's hard to give us an ace. That's number one. Number yeah. two, we protect our checkback range a bit. Yeah. And so, like, you could you could make a pretty good argument that some of the worst aces are good hands to check back, so we have some aces in our checkback right. range. Right. So, like, the ace high board comes, and, you know, you guys have all been in this blind versus blind situation where you're in the big blind, you just say, ah, check, I check, I have 6-8 offsuit. Mm-hmm. And the ace high board comes, and your opponent, who knows a little bit about poker, checks, and you're like, I can't bluff this. They know I don't have an ace. Right. You know? Right. But if you check your aces sometimes, as Pollock is doing here, it does, as you said, protect that range and make it so you can sometimes bluff those boards and sometimes give value on those boards. Both. Yeah. yeah. Both. It just means, like, you can no longer just read right into the guy. I'm like, well, I can I can check raise with impunity because unless you flop bottom two, you are you don't have it, right. buddy. Right. It's not like that. Yeah. Right. So those are the value. Those are there's more metagame values to the check than actual practical values in the moment. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if Pollock should be focusing on the metagame values at this moment. He maybe should just raise because it's good enough hand. I think it's fine to raise, but I really think it's fine to call too. I mean to check. Excuse me. Yeah. I really think it's fine too. I do too. And I don't mind. I don't mind this at all. As Neither do I. Neither do I. So the pot's four point nine million after all that blistering pre-flop action. <laughs> it's crazy. It is the World Series of Poker. Everything is magnified on the line. On, on the line. On the line. Cool. All right. So 4.9 million in the pot. Uh, flop is an interesting one. <laughs> Excuse me. A little cough there. Uh, King of hearts, eight of hearts, three of hearts. Wait a second. Doesn't Blumstein have the queen of hearts, eight of spades? So he's got the second up flush right in a pair? Yeah, that's a really good flop for him. Whoa, wait a second. Doesn't Pollock have the ace four, the ace of hearts, the four of diamonds? So he has the nut flush draw? Yeah. What the? This is crazy. This is like, you know, this is a big time flop for everybody. It is. They could get it all in right here on the flop very reasonably. That would not be the craziest thing that ever happened. Right. No, but that's uh, not gonna, not going to happen. <laughs> just going to tell you that. Yeah. Because it goes check. And then clearly Pollock has to bet here. He has the ace of hearts. Seems like you would normally bet here for he sure. Checks. Like we can bet, get raised, and move in super comfortably. We have 27 blinds. It's fine. All right. Let's talk first about Blumstein's check. Okay. I think it's bad. I think we're supposed to bet here. I think he's... Is he checking a check raise? I don't like that. Maybe he's checking because... Maybe he's seeing as, like, because I have showdown value, I can treat it as if I don't have the second flush draw with it, and I would check a lot of my eights here, so I'm going to check my eight anyway. Yeah. But I have protect... I don't have to worry about the heart coming because I've got sort of insurance against the heart. Right. So it's really safe to check. And as we were talking about preflop, he thinks if... If ever Pollock has a flush draw, it's usually worse than the second nut flush draw because Pollock did not raise preflop. Right. So now once in a while maybe Pollock has a king. And we don't you know, it would we don't we don't necessarily want to like get all a lot of chips in right now because we have showdown value and a draw. Like we don't have yeah. to lose our mind. We have a reasonable showdown value. We could get it all in here, but we just don't have to. Right. Um I don't know. I, I would guess Blumstein is checking to call, not checking to check raise. That's my yeah. guess. Yeah, I think that's probably what he's doing. Because it would I, seem weird to check raise with a hand this showdown strong. I guess maybe he thinks the calling range Pollock has isn't amazing for him. Like, yeah, his calls are eights and kings and, and some, flushes, and sometimes flushes, and sometimes sometimes a worse flush draw, but not frequently. Rarely is he going to call it off with a jack high flush draw. And nothing yeah. else, right? Very right. rarely. So, and sometimes he's, he has a three, and he has to call once. Also, it may also just be that um, 
you just think like I'm almost always ahead here, right? Like Pollock's going to raise a bunch of his kings too. Uh, he might raise a bunch of his suited cards, so he doesn't have that many flushes. It's hard to have that many two pair. There's just not much he can have. I'm just ahead a lot. I'm checking to let him bet because if I bet, he's just going to fold so often. Yeah, that Something could be like his that. thinking. I don't know. All right, so how about Pollock's check? I don't understand it. I understand it from again a metagame perspective. It's yes, not from the practical perspective, but right. in the metagame perspective, it's cool to have the nut fluster on your checkback range. Super cool because super awesome. So frequently, people will think when you raise, you have kind of a polarized range with the North Pole being two pair or better and the semi bluff range being draws. Yeah, and if you make it so you have checkback draws sometimes, then you can more comfortably bet when the draw comes in on the turn more frequently. Maybe um, one of the reasons why this is, I'm really stretching. One of the reasons why Pollock doesn't bet here beyond the protecting your range kind of a thing is that the stack, because there was no race pre flop, the stack sizes make it actually a little awkward to play this for a lot of chips. Meaning we bet one and a half or two blinds, something like that. Right. I think we're probably betting one and a half. Maybe even one. Yeah. Uh, we get raised to four. If we want to re-raise, we raise to 11 and have to call off another 16. It's like kind of awkward. Right, and if we get check-raised and we decide to just call, it's going to be hard to get value on hearts. Right, so maybe that's the problem. Versus if we had raised this pre-flop, made it 3x, he calls. Now we bet four blinds on the flop. He raises to 10. We move in for 27 total or you know something like that. That's a lot. That works better. You know, we actually have, yeah. we're, we're the person moving in, which we want to be if we've got the ace of hearts. I guess we could just move in for 27 if we get raised at all. But, you know, but if we make it one and a half, he makes it five and we move in for 27 total. like a lot. 26 total. It feels like kind of dumb. The calling range we're against is not good for us in that spot. Right. Right. So maybe that's why he checks it back too. Yeah, Maybe. I, I guess it's know. okay. I mean, it's okay. We could also do this. We could bet, call a raise, and then move in over the top on the turn. That's like, not crazy. No matter what the card is? Uh, at least on most cards. Maybe it's like the king pairs or something like that. Yeah. The board pairs, maybe we don't. But on non-board pairing cards, we could just move in a lot. Yeah, I suppose we could. I don't know. Blumstein might at that point be somewhat committed. Yeah. If he Actually, if, if we call a raise, then he bets. He's probably got something, right? Yeah. Because we called the race. Yeah, I don't love that. Yeah, he's he's not prone to play huge pots with nothing. I know he'll do it once in a while, but not very often. Right. Okay, so maybe that's not a good. So this is this is actually a good reason to check, I guess. Yeah, yeah. There's some reasons. It's not so bad. Yeah. But it's interesting that we've gotten this far with these two hands on this board, and nobody's put in another chip. It's really weird. Yeah. But that's going to change on the turn. Pollock has not voluntarily put a single chip into this pot. No. We're on the turn with the nut flush draw. Right. It's crazy. All right, so still 4.9 in the pot. King, 8-3, all heart board. Uh, Pollock with ace of hearts, four of diamonds. And Blumstein with queen of hearts, eight of spades, four middle pair, second out flush draw. The turn is the five of hearts. I mean, I hope someone starts to put chips in. Ding, dang, dong. We got the nuts versus the second nuts here for crying out loud. For Pete's sake, although for... this is the least exciting nuts versus second nuts type of scenario. Yes, it is. The single card flush over flush is by far the least exciting versus scenario. Versus like top set versus middle set. Like the top. Vanessa Selps versus Gail Bowman quads. thing is like a far more rare of a scenario. Quads versus Royal. Yeah, yeah. this is this is a fairly normal one. And like actually, one of the easiest to not go broke on. Right. It's the second nut flush that you can most easily fold. Yeah. Um, but still, we're heads up and Pollock didn't raise pre. Right. So this right. is a great spot right now for mm -hmm. Blumstein in his mind. Uh, and he is going to play it like a bluff, I guess. He's just going to try to get max value somehow, some yeah. way, because he hasn't bet yet, and he 
has missed out on this value. He bets five million into four point nine million. Interesting bet. What are you thinking? I mean, I think we're trying to induce. We have to be trying to induce, right? I think we don't expect Pollock to raise as a bluff too often, honestly. I think we're trying to induce a call. I think we might be assuming that, okay, from what I remember seeing of Pollock at the final table, he was not putting in a ton of post-flop raises without having it. Mm. So I think what we might be doing is saying, okay, we got to get the most out of this guy, and he's more liable to call than raise. Why don't we bet enough where it's really going to hurt him to call, but he kind of is forced to with certain parts of his range, mm-hmm. right? So, like, if Pollock has any heart, he might have to call this. I think he has to call with yeah. any heart. Right. So we're trying to get max value from any heart, right? Like, yeah, some baby hearts we can try and get some value from. But they were checking to sort of get there cheap, I guess, on the flop. You think they would bet too, though. You, Although may, maybe no, there's also not... some... Maybe maybe we think um, Pollock is often checking with showdownable hands, especially on that board yeah. on the flop. So, like... He may feel inclined just like he has to call once no matter what sort of a thing. And our story doesn't look super believable as a good hand as Bumstein right. either because our opponent should expect us to bet our good flush draws on the flop a lot. Yeah. Right? So now Pollock has to call with all of his hearts, and he has to call whether or not it's $2 million or $5 million. And I think that's why Blumstein's betting $5 million. I think that's great. I really like that. Yeah. That's cool. And it also sets up, makes it easier for us to make a big bet on the river, which we absolutely have to be planning to do as Blumstein. Yeah. Because right. we've got to believe we have the best hand. Yeah. Pretty much always. So this sizing is interesting, and it's going to define things, I think. Yeah. So what do you want to do as Pollock now? I mean, what a dream scenario. Main event, final table, three-handed. We just made the nuts in our opponent bet more than the pot. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, we have to start asking ourselves some very interesting questions, right? Number one, if our opponent has a good flush, is he going to call if we make a race? See, that's a good question, and I think the answer is often no because of the sizing our opponent chose. Yeah. So if he's not going to call then, and we know we have the nuts, so if the best he can ever have is the hand that he actually has, the queen of hearts. Maybe the queen of hearts can call. Maybe. But I don't know if a lot of hearts can call, right? Most hearts can't. And maybe the queen of hearts has to strongly consider folding also if we raise. Well, then, geez, we better not raise yet. We should delay yeah. as long as possible. Like, yeah. see if we can get Because on the river, if, if Blumstein checks, we can now bet and hope to get called by some of those medium hands. Right. And if Blumstein bets, we can we get that bet in anyway, and then we get to raise. We're going to have to raise, obviously, unless something really weird happens on the river. But uh, I think we're planning to raise the river. And that seems like a better way to get chips. I agree. I think raising now looks crazy strong. Yeah. Um, Even though, how do we have the Ace of Hearts? I mean, I know we do. Right. But it seems unlikely we'd ever actually have but it. One, but once Blumstein bets so much, it's just hard to fathom him having any hand that he can call with once we raise. Yeah. I, mean, I agree. Which makes it a great spot for a bluff. But in this moment, I don't think that's what people are expecting to happen very often. No. No, people generally don't bluff on overbats. Especially three-handed for the main event. Yeah, especially then. I mean, how many post-flop bluffs were there where it wasn't like a continuation bet or continue and you continue? I don't really remember. There were very few. Much, yeah. There were maybe a few. Yeah. Very few. Yeah. All right, so I think Pollock does the right thing here and just calls. I think that's probably the right thing to do. I like that. So the pot now is fourteen point nine million. And how much do we have? We have forty five million. Pollock's got forty five million remaining. Forty five. Hey Jonathan, there's something you were supposed to remember before the podcast. I did started. remember. All right, let's hear about it. Let's talk about the nitrogen sports. Okay, let's talk about the nitrogen sports. The nitrogen sports poker room specifically. Yeah. Are you aware of it, Grant? I am 
acutely aware of it, in fact. Oh, really? Are you aware that they are a Bitcoin-only poker site? I knew that. Do you know that the benefits of Bitcoin mean that you get your deposits in and your withdrawals out faster than anywhere else? How fast are we talking? We're talking like 10 to 15 minutes fast, bro. That's pretty good. So say I win a tournament yeah. for like 12 Bitcoin. Yeah, which, that, by the way, is a lot of money. Yeah, Let's, yeah, that's like 30K. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I'm happy. You would not be sad about it. Right. I've had that happen <laughs> on other poker sites. I, You know, I once... Famously won a tournament for... Famously. For, famously. <laughs> not famously, no. Famously amongst our poker friends yeah. won a tournament for $18,000 and never got the money. I remember that. That yeah. was uh, Lock Poker? That was Lock Poker. Yeah, I never paid you. Never paid me. That sucked. That did suck. However, that doesn't happen on Nitrogen because you can withdraw that money right away. Yeah. And you'll have it in 5 to 15 minutes. Yeah. Usually, usually around 5. It's super fast because it's just straight up Bitcoin transferal stuff. There's no, there's nothing else going on. There's no, no, no processing time. biting your finger. Waking up every morning thinking about it, like, are they ever going to pay me? I'm going to have to do more. I'm going to have to call customer service now again. Right. They're going to give me the runaround again. Right. It's all just fake and lies. Because nitrogen doesn't do any processing beyond the normal Bitcoin processing. Right. It's just Bitcoin straight. It's just like your Bitcoin it's, when you do that, Bitcoin. it's just like you're sending it from your own, from your phone to your computer. You're just sending it from your wallet on their site to your wallet on your phone or your computer, wherever you're sending it. It's super fast. It's great. Yeah. Also, by the way, the, we really like the software. It's smooth. They're always improving it. They have cool avatars for both me and Grant, where Grant looks like... I look like a drunk baby and you look, an a, look like an anti-Semitic cartoon. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's the consensus. Yeah, well... When you say the consensus, you mean you think that, right? Everybody thinks that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you got to use the link in the description of this podcast, though, to sign up, and that gets you access to Special Poker Guys Only free rolls, really cool stuff. And there's no reason not to do it. Like, of course you want to do that. You do want access to these free rolls, right? Uh, Yeah. Don't be a fool. Don't be a big foolio. Yeah. Be coolio, like coolio. Like coolio, who absolutely is on nitrogen. I mean. And did use the link in the description. I guarantee it. um, All guarantees are not binding. (laughs) (laughs) all right so that's the deal with that yeah let's move on okay so we got 14.9 million going to the river we have the nuts against the second nuts we got ace of hearts with the four of diamonds for pollock on the king 835 all heart board yeah blumstein's got the queen eight with the queen of hearts on that very same board they're playing the same board in this hand i smell fireworks i smell mac and cheese hmm I wonder if it's the same the same smell. <laughs> smells just pretty, experiencing it differently. Smells pretty good. I like mac and cheese. Yeah, I like fireworks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're all right. Actually, I don't like fireworks. No, fireworks. Are just like... I almost blew my fingers off once. Oh, right. I know that story. Bad, bad times. Never again. Yeah. Crazy freewheeling. Next time I will blow those damn fingers off. <laughs> Crazy freewheeling youth of Jonathan Levy. I, know, I was 15. I was a moron. Anyway, moving on. All right. So Pollock, with 45.5 million remaining, is by far the effective stack because Blumstein's got like 40 billion. Yeah. Um. All right, so the river's a ten of diamonds. Changes yeah. nothing. Never changes anything when anybody has a heart. Uh, and we, of course, have the nut heart and the second nut heart. Bloomstein decides to go for value again. That seems think, reasonable. I think there's no other choice. I mean, we have the second nuts here. It's really hard for our opponent to have the nuts when he just checks preflop. Yeah, I mean, we have to bet for value. Because all the things we're hoping to get called by are so much of that range is going to just check it back. Yeah, if if Pollock has the six of hearts now, he's going to check back for sure and be like, I hope I hope this is good. Of course. Yeah. I mean, the one thing we would miss out on is the times when Pollock was floating the turn to take it away on the river, and then we bet and we lose that bluff. But whatever. Like, yeah. There's so many more calling hands. Also, Pollock's going to be careful with the stack, and when we bet $5 million on the turn, he's less likely to float. Right. I think, I think this is a must bet. I agree. So Blumstein does, and he goes for pretty big sizing again. He goes for 9.7 into 14.9. Yep. Seems about right. Which I like. He's just saying, like, pay me all of the money that I can win. Yeah. 
That's basically what he wants. Like you got the nine of hearts. You, you got to strongly consider paying. All right. So dream spot for Pollock here. This is pretty good. This is what we wanted. So how do we proceed? Now, I think we should raise. Oh, yeah, it's illegal not to. So um, I think the biggest problem for Pollock here, and there's nothing you can do about it as played. No matter what you do, it's going to look strong. Yep. No matter what sizing you choose. It's like, strong it's no matter what. It's crazy strong. Like, obviously, you can't just call to try to look weak. Yeah. Can we do a quick thought experiment before we get into yeah, this? Yeah. What, it's been a while. We should raise it. Cool. Let's do it. Thought experiment. So let's say Blumstein doesn't bet the river and checks instead. How do we? How would we size it as Pollock? There's 15 million in the pot. Would we size it about this way? Would we go extra big? We want to go extra small. What do you think? What do you think is a good sizing here? Interesting. I think once because Blumstein bets so big on the turn, once he checks the river, he's capped at like the fourth nut flush. Yeah, that sounds about right. And like a jack or ten of hearts. I think like that. we have to bet a little smaller than than Blumstein bet. I think just to try to get value from those types of hands. I mean, if we because we called and then we bet, so we have a flush a lot. Yeah. And when we bet, it means we almost always have a good flush, right? Because we're not going to bet our bad flush. We're going to check those back. Like as so we I just said, can't we're going to check back high. six of hearts. Yeah, right? exactly. So like if he's got the nine of hearts or the ten of hearts, he's going to check. He's probably going to call, but that may be like, but he's not going to love it. And if we size it up big, he's like, well, I know you have a flush and you check back your bad ones, right? So I guess you got Yeah, me. I mean, it's not. I don't feel like it's one of those spots where you do the like, I have the nuts. I'm going to polarize my range and over bet the river thing right. because in this moment... It's so unlikely that you have the bluff side. Agreed. So unlikely. Agree. Right. So, yeah, I think you'd have to bet something like $6 million, $7 million. Okay. That something sounds like about that. right. Nice and small. Yeah. And, and he's just going to have to side call with, like, the 10 of hearts. Yeah. 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 But that's not what happens. Luckily for, for Pollock, it's 9.7 right at him. And he's like, oh, man. Okay. Now, I'm happy, but also, can I ever get value he's from... sad. Any, can, I, can I get value from anything? He's like, so sad right now. How can I raise and not get a fold? Yeah, it's incredibly hard no matter what you do to get, to get called here. No right. doubt about it. All raises look super strong, and all raises look like the nuts, right? Yeah. So that's an important first thing to be aware of. I think because all raises look super strong and because all raises look like the nuts, we should move in. That's okay. what I think. That is a fair point. I think that's not a horrible thought. Okay. My thought, which I expressed to you when we were watching the video. I like this, this thought, by the way. Go on. Is that in this moment, Pollock's stack is so valuable. Yeah. Odd is the clear amateur of these three players, and he's sitting there without a chip in the pot. Only Pollock's stack is on the line here. Yeah. Right? So even though in a standard situation, we want to be balanced and we want to make sure that we get max value by betting big when we have the nuts and in and, and our bluffs sometimes, in this exact scenario, I don't think Pollock necessarily ever bluffs all in. Whereas he might mm. bluff smaller because he still has chips with an amateur at the table. What's he bluffing with, though? That's a great question. That's I mean, that, but that doesn't matter. That's all the same. Right, right. You're right. It's uh, we're talking about anyway. the sizing. You're right. Yeah. So I think because of that exact situation, I think smaller is actually better. And I know your initial reaction when we were watching was, I don't like the sizing. Right. And I kind of went along with that. I did And not. I kind of agreed. But now that I think about it, I kind of do like it because of that. I mean, there is there is this real problem when we get past the sizing to it's really ever hard to ever have a bluff here. Ever. Yeah, it really is. So how do we make it most likely that we do? That we have a bluff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's better. Going big feels like you have more fold equity. Going small feels like, like you're saying, you, you preserve some of your stack even when you get called, which is not the worst thing. But you could make the case. I don't know if this is a reasonable case to make. You could make the case that I'm the short stack. I'm kind of... 
I'm kind of going for it here. I got to use all my fold equity. I'm a short stack anyway. It's not so bad for me to take big chances. You could make that case. I don't think that's showing up here, though. I don't think we can really show up with very many bluffs here. I so. know. That's the, that's the problem as soon as as soon as Blumstein takes this line and Pollock's taking the line he's taken, like I said, it's impossible not to look incredibly strong. I mean, if, if the board had paired, I would think like, okay, maybe he's got a blocker because he has a pair. Yeah. And so he's got a full house blocker, so he's raising. You could make some weird thing up like that, at least. I don't think any of that's really happening in these spots anyway. No. We've seen these guys just play so tight. Not Blum, not Blumstein, but the other two guys play so careful and so tight all the way through this final table that it's just hard to come up with anything that I can have it isn't... Sorry, um, that Pollock can have it isn't the nuts, except... The flop and pre-flop action really do not suggest the Ace of Hearts. No. Which is which is interesting and at least has to give us pause. Right, but like you said, there's no blockers to be had. There's no blockers to be had. And one of the things Blumstein... Blumstein starts talking to himself after this well, race happens. Well, yeah, we didn't discuss the actual raise. Correct. Um, we so know there is a raise. Pollock though. raises to 21.5 over the 9.7. So it's small. Out so of he his, goes for the small one. Out of 45 million, he makes a 21.5. Yeah. So... You know, we have our different thoughts on that. I don't know. Have you have you moved any on that? I don't hate your point, so I hate the I hate the other sizing less. I think you could, that's a reasonable case to bet small. I still like the all in better because I'm going to try and make it look as bluffy as possible, and I just don't think a click back in this spot looks bluffy enough. I'd be concerned that the the guy with 130 blinds is just not going to fold. You know, when I bluff here, it just seems like such a terrible time to bluff anyway. No matter how yeah, much of you course. make it, yeah, of course, that's the problem. So it's it's problematic no matter what. I would go all in just to try and make it look a little bluffier because I think it does look a little bluffier ultimately. I think the clickback is stronger, but I think they're both super strong. So yeah. I, I can't fault either sizing. And before I, I could, but as we talk about it more, I, I can come around a little bit on this on the small sizing. You yeah. are giving him an outrageous price with what turns out to be the second nuts. Yeah, he's getting four to one. Here's the thing afterward. So um, can, can I spoil what happens? Yeah, go ahead. Okay? So yeah, so it, it's... Blumstein ultimately finds a fold. After a long tank where he's talking a lot. Yeah. And so after that, Pollock says, did you have a, f you didn't have a flush. Like Pollock can't even imagine that Blumstein would have folded any flush there. So that's sort of interesting. Like yeah. when he said that, like it doesn't mean it's true, but I kind of believed him when he said it. He might've been messing with him in some way. I don't know. Like Maybe. trying to say I was bluffing. So at least for the next 30 minutes, Blumstein is yeah. worried that he was bluffed. Yeah. Maybe. I hope so. I hope that's what he was doing as opposed to sort of thinking like, oh, I'm going to click back because that'll get me calls from all flushes instead of like realizing that it's all the same. I like, don't know if it's all the same. That's That was my point. Right. You don't know if it's all the same? If he clicks back or moves in. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to work as often if it moves in either, right? Right, I know. It can work I know, but if it's, if it's all the same, the click back is horrible. Right. But if it's not... And it actually waits toward getting called enough by the clickback. I mean, obviously, you have to come you up with a number. You get called a lot more. You yeah, know, you like have to get called. 50% more yeah. at a time or something. Um, but still, that may work. I, yeah. I kind of don't think it does. I don't think it gets called 50% more. I really don't. I don't know. I have no idea. I think you get called about the same amount. I mean, remember, we're talking about this very specific scenario. I know. Yeah. So I, it's hard to quantify it, but I think that's what he was thinking. I mean, the fact that Blumstein is able to fold the second nuts means probably there was no amount we could make it. And it's possible if Pollock moved in, I'd be sitting here saying, no, no, it's fine to move. And you'd be saying, well, look, it didn't work. And if he clicks back, maybe it would have. Um, and we'll, it's like the counterfactual is un, un, unknown, right? Right. And we can't know. what I'm saying, like, I think moving in looks weaker. But I don't know that it would look weaker, weaker to Blumstein ultimately. And I don't really think he was going to call that either since he folded no. here. I think he's still going to work it out and say, 
This guy is not making any moves post-flop. How is he supposed to call my pot size bet on the turn and then raise the river when I can absolutely have the ace of hearts? Like, come on. Blumstein was going for max value with his sizing, but ultimately his sizing is what saved him. It made it a lot easier to fold. Right. If he bets really small on the turn, if he bets, if he does a min bet on the turn, which is very reasonable, like a two million chip yeah. bet, and then bets six million on the on the river, and he then can't gets fold. raised to sixteen, he can't fold I there. Think he's got to call. Yeah. Although that ends up being almost the same amount of chips. Maybe he doesn't have to call it. I guess because we're less defined on the turn, right? Yeah. But on the river, when we bet again, I mean, still, does Pollock ever not have it? I don't know. Even then, does Pollock not? When he raises the river, it's so strong. It How is. often do people raise the river and not have it? I know. it's That's the problem. It's the problem. But he has to raise, obviously. He's forced to raise here. Right. I mean, it's one of the spots where you just, it makes me think, like, maybe we should just be raising a lot more rivers, people. Yeah. Audience, um, maybe we should just raise the river a lot, lot, lot more, because my gosh. So let's get into uh, Blumstein's fold a little bit more. Okay. Is this correct? Is this a correct fold? We're getting four to one. So, obviously, we only have to be right 20% of the time if we call. Yeah, and we actually really can go with the chip EV of this. We don't have to worry about ICM as Blumstein at all. Right. I would have called. I'll say that. I know you would have. I would have called <laughs> I know because for sure. four to one is too good, and I have the second nuts, and I'm the chip leader, and I want to show that I'm not going to be bluffed by these guys so they don't try it, you know? So it's okay if I'm wrong. I'd be happy to call anyway. It's like, it's all right. It's only 10 million. It's five blinds. What do I care? Yeah. Six blinds. It's fine. Um but to go deeper than that, like Blumstein goes deeper than that, clearly. And he sort of just yeah. figures figures it out and thinks it through and says, would you be doing it with a king? Do you think I'm valuing a king here? No, you would never think I would value a king here, you know, on the river, right? Yeah, of just course. Just top pair. So he's like, "You, I have to be betting a flush if I have value, but you're raising. And he goes back and forth. He's like, man, if this is a bluff, this is really good. You know, he says that. And he's like, the story doesn't really make sense. Yeah. I will say this against good players when the story doesn't make sense. Either they've blown their a fuse in their mind or they have it. Yeah. Like when the story doesn't make sense, that's usually when they do have it. It's interesting because against good players when the story doesn't make sense, they have it most of the time. And against bad players, they don't. Right. They never yeah. have it when the story doesn't make Or they got really weirdly. They got lucky in some bizarre way. Yeah. But the good players, yeah. They like, they're always trying to tell these weird stories, the good players. And so when they don't have it, they're trying to tell a good story. When they do have it, they're trying to tell a bad story, right? So, yeah, yeah. the bad stories almost mean like they're more likely to have it. Yeah. It's weird. It is so weird. weird. Obviously, this isn't always the case. Of course. Right. And sometimes a good story is, is the truth. There's going to be a lot of times when that's just the way it is. Paul you know, Pierce just, is the truth, man. You're right. Yeah. He's a good story. You can't take that away. He's a good story. He got stabbed 47 times. Paul pa- in the neck. Yeah. And, and buttocks. <laughs> and went on to have a Hall of Fame NBA career after that. That's right. Yeah. He just uh, signed with the Celtics. Do you know that? No way. I swear to God. No way. He did a, he did a one-day signing with the Celtics and then retired. Oh. I, which I think, by the way, is super dumb. Yeah, I hate when they do that. What is the point? All right, we're done with that. We don't need to talk NBA here. We're, we're, talking, okay. we're talking poker. But come on, everyone. You know All what right. I'm saying. So you think, you, you think you would call in, Plum, in Blumstein's spot? Getting four to one with the second nuts, the world's best bluff catcher. Yeah, I think I'd call. I think I, I would sit there and basically justify it by saying, I would also bet the jack of hearts and the ten of hearts here and fold those. Yeah. So I, can, so I have to call with something. I'm calling with the queen of hearts. And I'm getting an outrageous price, and I can afford it. I don't yeah. think he's bluffing, so that's a problem. It comes back to the moment, you know. Is, is it does. Pollock ever bluffing in this moment? I mean, after we bet five million into four point nine on the turn. Here's what I'm going to say. It's easy to say he's never bluffing, and he sure wasn't bluffing this time. But that doesn't mean he's never bluffing. I know. I, I agree with that. Um, I don't know what I would do. I think like 
when we interviewed Daniel Negreanu, he had the point of like when you're betting the river as a bluff, you have to really consider is am I playing against a field player or a mathy player? And a mathy player, you have to give him the wrong price. A field player, yeah. you have to tell a story that makes him want to fold. Right. Right. And you're uh, like I'm. I tend towards mathy, but you're mathier than I am. I think in these moments, and I think a lot of that has to do with your limit holding background. I think you're right. Um, and I'm I'm a bit more of a field player than you. A bit more physical reads based and stuff like that. Yeah, agreed. And so I think I might lean towards. Like right fifty fifty. Like I'm I'm calling half the time and folding half the time, where I mm. think you're probably calling all the time. I think you're right. Yeah. I think ultimately I just sort of side call and think like it's the second nuts is fine. Yeah. And it isn't like and it doesn't it doesn't affect things. It probably won't change the nature of this tournament to call here, which right. will be part of one of the reasons to call also. Yeah. When I have the second nuts and don't want the I also would be concerned because everyone gets to see my whole cards in thirty minutes, I'd be concerned about the metagame if I fold here. Yeah, like, that's I might fair. be I might really be saying just start raising me, guys. I don't think it matters, honestly. When when we have this huge stack and these guys are just kind of jockeying for position against us, they're not going to start bluffing. I mean, they didn't. Like Blumstein did fold, and they did not start bluffing. Yeah, at so all. I don't so think I agree with you. And it, that's not just results oriented. I truly believe in these moments. People very rarely start bluffing when they have a shorter stack. Yeah, or if they bluff, they don't bluff this way. They don't yeah. like call the turn, raise the river for half their stack. Which like they, is maybe bizarre. they see bet. <laughs> as a yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they like, you know, re-raise pre-flop or something. Yeah. Or they move in, whatever. That's all reasonable stuff. But they don't do it this way. This yeah. is like a... Like, like as Blumstein said, if this is a bluff, this is one of the great ones. Like The thing is, like, even if this is a $40 local tournament, it's really hard for this to be a bluff. Right. So it, in this moment, it's almost impossible. You need it to be someone who either misreads the board all the time or overvalues their hands. Yeah, because it's almost never a bluff. Pollock's certainly not, not overvaluing his hands. So this far. is just not a spot where people bluff. Yeah, and Pollock specifically has been very tight so far. Yeah, he's been super careful. He, he made that horrific fold with the two eights. Who can forget? It? He made that horrific fold with the nine six off. That was actually against Ott. That could have saved Ott. Like he could have earned Ott an extra three million dollars or whatever when Pollock folded those two eights. He opened to I think it was one point eight, whatever the blinds were at the time. He opened to mm-hmm. one point eight, and no, it was more than that because I know. Ott moved in for 14 blinds after Pollock opened to like two and a half. Mm-hmm. And Pollock folded. I think, two it was 12, I think it was 12 blinds. He moved 12, in 12 blinds. And Pollock folded, hit, getting a, cr- a pretty good price. He had 70 million. He had to call 11 million. It was absurd to it fold. It was an awful fold. Absolutely absurd. But I don't know if that's... You think that's worse than the 9-6 off. I think that's better. This is the mathiness in me, I guess. No, but I, Salas, I Salas moved in under the gun for three and a half blinds, and it folded to Dan Ott in the big blind. Sorry. To... Uh, Pollock. Pollock in the big blind with nine six off, and he had sixty million chips, or he had forty blinds. Yeah, and he didn't call the extra two and a half blinds. No, I think that's really bad too. I just think the eights are more notable, a bit flashier of a bad. Fold. It is flashier. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean it is. But like, he looked at his hand. By the way, it isn't like he looked at eight three off. Yeah, like, I know. If it was eight three off, okay, you could maybe decide to find a fold. If you're going to look at your hand at all and you see eight three off, okay. Like if you don't look, then you could just throw the chips in. But you could decide to look fold like the bottom five percent of your range or something. Yeah, maybe the bottom ten percent if you want to be tight. Nine six is nowhere near that. Nine six is like you know thirty percent tight well, or something. Right. So both of these instances, which everybody knows about at the table, yes, are indicative that Pollock is not bluffing here very often. Right. Along, along with everybody else not bluffing here. He's very being often. super careful with yeah. his chips. The only guy who wasn't was Jack Sinclair, and I guess to some degree Blumstein. Yeah. Everyone, no one else was like doing crazy things at all with their chips. Right. And that's really important. Right. And so, that makes it really hard to ever do anything but fold here. So if Blumstein, you're Blumstein. Blumstein with all of those. In information points in his mind decides even though I'm getting four to one, I think I'm not right twenty percent of the time. 
Well, one of the concerns is why is he giving me four to one? Yeah. I mean, aren't I supposed to call a lot here when I have all these chips? Like, it's so easy for me just to flick a chip in there and call. Like, it, I don't even notice it, you know? It's an impossible paradox of math where you have to be right a certain percentage of the time. But if they give you the right percentage, that means mm-hmm. you're right less of the time. But that's yeah. all subjective. You know? It is. And it isn't always true. Yeah. But yes, but it is an interesting, interesting spot in that way. But again, it comes down to is Pollock really going to bluff off half a stack right now when he hasn't done anything like that the no. whole time? He's just not. The answer right. is just no. He's like, just not. We're definitely not right 20% of the time if we call here. I think you're right. Yeah. I think this is probably, this is, even though I'm saying I would call, like as we really talk about, it, at least especially, specifically against Pollock in this situation, this is a fold anyway. Yeah. I don't know if I would make it. In the, I think in the in the moment I would just call. I'd call probably pretty quickly. Even I like wait, think for a minute, come up with all this stuff, and be like, "Yeah, I want to show them they can't they can't bluff me." I got a second nuts. Blah blah blah. Top of range, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and call. But I think this is a fold. Yeah, it is, and um, it probably didn't really affect anything that no. much because it was a small raise in the end. It didn't affect. I mean, Pollock still went out third. Pollock still went out third. Bumstein still won. Yep, and uh, that's that's how it was almost always going to go. Yes. Actually, yes, after was. this hand, it was almost always going to be Pollock and Blumstein heads up, probably. But that's not what happened. Oh, after this hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. What What is it that screwed it all up for? Uh, I think he lost a flip to Ott eventually after Ott got a bit shorter. They get it in with ace-queen against... Is it actually two eights? They get in with ace-queen against eights later. I, I think they, they do. do. And uh, Oh, they just flops and, an ace. Yeah. Yeah. So it actually... It's the same. No, they have the it same hand. It's a queen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they. It's Pollock has eights again. Yeah. And... Yeah, but this time it's only 12 lines, and right. it's just a ship. Yeah. Actually, Pollock ships his two eights is what it is, right? No, no. No, no. Pollock had, like, 25 blinds at the point. Right. He and opens. And Ott moved in for, like, 12 blinds. Whatever it is. Yeah, I don't remember how it went anyway. But anyway, it's a, they get it in, and uh, and Ott just gets to win that one. And and then it was cool, though, because then Pollock was down to seven blinds and more than tripled up. Oh, with the Jack-4. With the old Jack-4 suited. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. Jack-4 against... King nine against ace, ace queen, queen in yeah. one of the probably the biggest misplayed hand of the of the final table anyway for Ott. Who else misplayed a hand bigger than you think of Hasp? No, I'm saying that's the guy who misplayed it. Oh yes, 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 right. Ott's the one who did it. Um, but that do you agree that that's the biggest misplay of the whole final table that I can think of? To me, that's the hand of the final table. Well, yeah, I mean, it got him to heads up, and instead of heads up where. Ott has like no chance at all. He actually had some chips. That isn't why it's the big the hand though for me. It's the hand because it's such a huge error. Oh, and, okay. And uh, while there were some other interesting hands, like Hess made an error as well, where he probably doesn't lose all of his chips, or probably doesn't give give Blumstein the full double up if he doesn't move in on the turn, right? right with the Ace Ten, if he just calls the re raise, I imagine because Blumstein had made it, I think seventeen million. Maybe Blumstein bets like thirty million on the river. Right. Has to calls like and he gets 80, to, he gets to have fifty million instead of twenty two million. Yeah, you know it's a big difference. Yeah, so that was that was a big mistake. Right, but Hesp is an amateur. Hesp is going to make that mistake, and it certainly was a cooler. Yeah, and it's possible um, Blumstein moves in on the river anyway. It's possible he just goes for it against Hesp in particular. Yeah, so meh, I don't know. All right, so before we go, yeah. just want to throw something out there. Something Do it. We haven't really talked about much. We coach. We do poker coaching. This is true. There's something that you guys maybe could learn from us beyond just listening to this podcast. No, come on. No, you don't think so? I don't think so. Oh, then bro. I guess we shouldn't talk about don't, this. Don't offer things you can't deliver on. <laughs> no, we've had we've had many clients, you know, yeah. many satisfied clients. We uh, Our rates are on the pokerguys.net. 
go to the page called Coaching. Pretty self-explanatory. There's discount if you do five sessions. Hey, package deal. Maybe we should do like a 10-session discount. That's even more eventually. I don't know. Huh, not a bad idea. So I'm open to it. We know we're brainstorming right now on the air. Why not? <laughs> sure. Why not? Anyway, we do we do coaching. We enjoy coaching. We have fun with our clients, and we think it's very effective. So check yeah. it out. And if you have any interest in improving your game, you know, hit us up. A lot of our clients have had a, fair, a really nice amount of success. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. There's, there's your damn proof right there. Yeah. <laughs> Deal with it. All right. Thepokerguys.net under coaching if you want to check that out. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we're done. Bye. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor or quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.